Sometime at the last gasp comes peace to every soul. Never to mine until I find out and speak the things that I know. Welcome to Near Earth Objects, a website, newsletter, and podcast by me, Paul Fidalgo, uh, coming to you from beside a river in Maine. These are the falling years. I'll tell you more about this project a little bit later. Right now, let's get to our first piece. This piece is called Purposeless on Purpose. I seek to be at peace with my own irrelevance. In earlier, less distracted and less accountable years, I was a font of creative energy. Free time was often spent in writing songs, recording music, writing essays and blogs. I've always been driven to create. That drive formed my earliest sense of identity. Today, in my 40s, raising two kids, working an intellectually demanding job, my sparse remaining energy usually feels insufficient for extracurricular creativity. Fumes make for a poor muse. While the fatigue of existence is real and my drive to create fires on fewer cylinders, these aren't the real obstacles to creating, nor can I lay the blame on the easy abundance of distractions provided by the internet. A phenomenon that had yet to saturate the culture when I was in my more prolific 20s. It used to be that as I worked, with every paragraph or stanza, I believed myself to be building towards something. I was laying the foundations of my career, one in which I would not just be a creator, but one that mattered. Fame isn't quite the right word for what I was after, though, you know, that would have been fine. Uh, but perhaps prominence? I wanted to be known. And that didn't happen. It's not going to happen either. For years, this has been an inexhaustible source of regret and self-loathing. I've been dedicating a great deal of thought and work toward being at peace with the fact that whatever meager level of renown that I've scraped together at this point is about as good as it's ever gonna get. But what does this mean for the creative drive that I claim I still possess? Nothing good, right? I might become more accepting of my irrelevance to the wider world, but that very acceptance starves me of what once served as creative fuel, right? Why write an essay that only a handful of people will ever read for which I will not be compensated and which does not lead to my work being discovered so that I can be placed into this demi-pantheon of people whose writing matters? In other words, why bother? The wall of why bother is a big one. From any distance, its summit visibly looms over the top of my laptop screen. Large white letters adorn the wall like the Hollywood sign promising no one cares. The letters are much brighter than the display on which I type. One is not supposed to see things this way. Creation is supposed to be for its own sake. I've always had a great deal of trouble with supposedes, so I seek out wisdom. In the book Zen and the Art of Archery, Jürgen Herigl questions his master about the purpose of his archery training. The master insists that Herigl take no note of the target. The master insists that he not consider releasing the arrow. For what feels like ages, the master keeps him focused only on drawing back the bow, nothing else. And Herigl is flustered. He says to his master that he is unable to lose sight of the fact that he draws the bow 
and lets loose the arrow in order to hit the target. There is a reason for all this effort. It's quote, The right art, cried the master, is purposeless, aimless. The more obstinately you try to learn how to shoot the arrow for the sake of hitting the goal, the less you will succeed in the one, and the further the other will recede. So they debate this point for a bit, and then Herigl asks him, well, what must I do then? You must learn to wait properly. And how does one learn that? By letting go of yourself, leaving yourself and everything yours behind you so decisively that nothing more is left of you but a purposeless tension. So I must become purposeless on purpose? I heard myself say. No pupil has ever asked me that, so I don't know the right answer. So the idea that art, creation, is all purposeless, it's very difficult for me to internalize. I can intellectually understand and even appreciate it, but I can't seem to accept it in my heart. The words, why bother, still ring in my head, and the no one cares sign still leaves a visual trace on my retinas when I close my eyes. You will be somebody the second you make peace with being nobody, Heather Haberleski has written. She says, you can create great things the second you recognize that making misshapen, stupid, pointless things isn't just part of the process of achieving greatness. It is greatness itself. So being purposeless on purpose itself is greatness. I want to believe. The idea that a creative work is supposed to be purposeless is a claim without evidence. It is less a truth than it is a statement of faith. One has to decide for oneself that the work itself is enough. Haverleski says, let go of the shiny, successful, famous human inside your head. Be who you are right now. That is how it feels to arrive. That is how it feels to matter. I want to believe that. I can work with that. But she also says being a true artist merely lies in recognizing that you already matter. That I don't understand. How does she know what qualifies one as a true artist? How does the archery master know that one's aim must be aimless? Like many statements of faith, I suspect the value of the claim that art is purposeless lies less in its veracity and more in the behavior it induces. Its value is in the discipline required to live that ideal. It may or may not be true that creative work is supposed to be purposeless. It may or may not be true that doing this essay right now or any other thing is a meaningful end in itself, regardless of whether it's ever read or seen or heard or appreciated by anyone. I don't know if these things are true. I doubt that they are. But I might need to take the leap of faith and live as though they are. Doing so will take a good deal of practice, discipline. But unlike art, it would not be purposeless. If I can manage it, I may begin to believe that I do matter right now and that mattering right now and at no other time nor to any other people is enough. Hi. Okay, so as promised, let me explain a little bit more about uh, what this project is. Uh, that includes the piece that I just uh, read to you there. And just to make it clear that this is a new section, I have switched hands for the uh, phone. There we go. Okay. This is a project through which I, Paul, 
an odd duck, work through the problem of how to be a person in the world. That's it. Through uh, written, spoken words, my own and those of others, I'm going to try to figure out what to think, what to believe, how to feel, and then publish it for the public, which is definitely the most dubious part of this whole enterprise. As I hope you've guessed, the name Near-Earth Object is not about things that float in space. It's about the experience of being part of something, be it a family, a society, or a species, while also being slightly outside of it. It's about being part of a cosmic system, but in an erratic orbit. At the beginning, most of the episodes of whatever this is will be adapted from pieces that I've written over the years, usually at the Near Earth Object website or on Medium or elsewhere. Uh, and depending on how things go, I'm open to creating material specifically for this program. So we'll see. So a little bit about the timing of all of this. The tagline of this whole project, these are the falling years, and the lines that uh, I read at the beginning of this, they all come from a poem by Robinson Jeffers, written around 1940, uh, called For Una. In it, Jeffers writes about this stone tower that he was building for his wife, a place of solitude and sanctuary for the two of them and an expression of his love for her. But he's writing this while he's also processing the apocalyptic horrors of the Second World War, which at the time must have truly felt like the end of all things. I'm beginning this project in the autumn of 2020. You can see the, well, maybe you can't see, but just trust me, the leaves are changing color here. Just, you probably can't see it here. So it's the autumn of 2020, the lost year. This is my personal creative endeavor, and it's happening against the backdrop of all this anxiety and fear and disappointment and disillusionment and despair. And there's no getting away from that. These truly are falling years. And uh, though I am an odd duck, I am not a young one. According to statistics, uh, I've just kicked off the second half of my life, meaning I have fewer days ahead of me than I do before. I am a near-Earth object in a descending orbit. These are my falling years, too. Never weep, never weep, writes Robinson Jeffers. Well, I uh, certainly won't tell you not to weep, but there is much to see and much to say in between the tears. Thank you for listening. Come find me online at nearearthobject.net. Thanks.